Okay, let's get right into it. Welcome, you guys, to this next episode on the Courageously Her podcast. I have not been posting every week. I have literally just been taking life one day, one week at a time. However, I am so happy to announce that I have a very special guest with me today. She is a public speaker, a corporate educator, and lifelong learner. And I would like to introduce you to my guest, Ms. Ashley. Please introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Gayla, for having me here on the podcast and giving me the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, but as you mentioned, my name is Ashley Litzy. My pronouns are she, her, and I have truly been on a journey towards self-acceptance and discovery. I'm really working on being my best self, my most courageous self, using things like yoga, veganism, and of course, a relationship with a licensed medical professional. And hopefully I can be an example and an inspiration to others out there who are trying to live courageously, just like you are. Oh, I love that. I just, everything you said just gave me chills because that's exactly what I want people who come to this and listen is to realize that you want to have this relationship with yourself. You want to accept what is who you are and Therapy is okay. <laughs> Even if you're not ready, and I had talked about this before, I wasn't quite ready for therapy for maybe two years after tragically losing our son. But once it came to head and I felt that I was ready, it was such a great thing. And I'm just proud of you for um, you know coming on the show and being able to be transparent and just tell people how you are on that mission to create that life that you uh, wake up every day and are looking forward to living. So I'll tell you a little bit, you guys, Ashley and I actually work for the same tech company. That is how we met. And she is an amazing person and she is responsible for creating all of the wonderful resources for us to know how to do what we do. And she's an expert in that field. But we talked um, over Slack, which is funny, and got to know each other a little bit. And um, I just said, hey, you know what? I really like this girl's bio. Uh, her energy was great. And I just wanted to kind of throw it out there and say, you know, I think you should come on the podcast and just tell people, you know, what it is that you're doing. And I'm just super excited to have her here. So Ashley, I'm going to ask you just a few little questions and feel free to just, you know, jump in and say whatever you want on this show. It is a non-judgmental space for you to just be yourself and let's just have a conversation. So um, are you originally from Houston, Texas? I am not from Houston, Texas. I am, though, from the South. And I say this knowing that I might inspire a little bit of debate. I was born and raised in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, which people will say is not the South if they've never been to Kentucky. I promise <laughs> you, if you just take a visit, you will, <laughs> you will absolutely feel like you are in the southeastern portion of the United States. So that's where I spent most of my life. I sent, stayed there through college, and then I actually moved to Madison, Wisconsin for a job opportunity. And that is where I'm currently based now. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that we work together because people might be kind of confused about how we can work together being in wow. different states. But yeah, that remote work opportunity is very beneficial in that way. Oh my gosh, you have no idea how that was such a switch uh, coming from dentistry for almost 20 years and then into remote work and tech even. Um, I'm, I just love it. Like, I absolutely love it. So you are a Southern Belle from that. That is awesome. You're from the South. And even though people that haven't been to Kentucky think that it's not, I've had friends from Kentucky and... If they say that it is, it is pretty Southern. 
It is very Southern. Yes. In behavior and just general culture, you can, you can really feel it there. (laughs) You know, I'm going to have to visit. And when I do, I'm going to hit you up because I'm on a mission to visit some different cities. So what is your favorite thing about where you live? Uh, My favorite thing about, well, I'll tell you my favorite things about Kentucky and also my favorite things about Madison, because even though I have been in Madison for almost 13 years now, I consider myself a Kentuckian in my heart. You know, you can take the girl out of Kentucky, but you can't take the Kentucky out of the girl. And so what I I truly enjoyed about living in Kentucky, number one, my family is there. Both of my parents and all of my grandparents are from Kentucky too. So that's a big aspect, but it is absolutely beautiful just getting out into the hills and heading up into horse country near Lexington and Versailles. It truly is breathtaking nature. And so I would encourage folks, even if you're not too interested in Kentucky, check out some of the natural resources there or some of the entertaining things like Mammoth Cave or Churchill Downs where the Kentucky Derby is run. And you can see some really nice, interesting and beautiful things there. So I do love that. But I grew up in a very, 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 very small town. And so one of the things I love most about Madison is just all of the things that you can do here. I was shocked when things were open past 8 p.m. Oh, wow. Yes. And you could you could buy alcohol. You could. (laughs) Just the fact that you could purchase some in the county was truly mind blowing for me. So I really do enjoy that aspect, just having things to do. And also Madison is the capital of Wisconsin. So there are lots of different people here for different reasons, like the university and, and jobs and things like that. So I've had a really great time getting to know all different sorts of people that I don't think I would have met had I stayed back home in Kentucky. So that's been really, really great. That's awesome. I mean, you know, this is the thing. So I think people, when they haven't been to a city, they have a stigma or what they think in their mind, what that city is like. And so hearing you kind of describe having been in both these different places is pretty cool because I would not imagine that you could buy alcohol. In my opinion, it sounds like it'd be a very dry county. It um, was until I I was in college, I believe, whenever the county uh, was no longer dry and you could actually purchase alcohol there. And now they even have a bar downtown in my hometown. So they're making some advancements for sure. Well, those are great advancements. We definitely don't want dry county. And for anybody who's offended, I'm sorry, but that's just not the life for me. <laughs> Um, Okay, so you talked about how you are on this journey to self-acceptance. So can you share a personal story that kind of got you in this headspace and, you know, what got you on this path to saying, hey, I'm on this road to really loving and accepting who I am? Absolutely. Well, I'll say first and foremost, as Black women, there's a lot of pressure from society to look a certain way, act a certain way, behave a certain way, and fit into those boxes that they've built for us. So I don't think my story is unique in, in any capacity. Many of us are working towards being our more authentic selves. But I would have to say that the the biggest turning point for me was leaving an abusive relationship. I was engaged to a man and we were together for a few years who, of course, did not start off as abusive because they they never do. But slowly and slowly over time, he became abusive in all of the ways that a man could be. And so I finally had enough and got out of that relationship. And that was when I truly realized that we have but one life to live. 
and we should live it for nobody else but ourselves. And that's when I really started working on improving myself and being the best possible version of me that I can be. And so that was in, goodness, 2015. And so I've been working my way towards being my most courageous self ever since then. Yes, I love that. And I just want to give my condolences that you had to go through something like that because there are many women who are not courageous enough or don't have the strength, the resources, or the mindset to even leave a situation like that. And, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for another day as far as what goes through women's head or even people, not just women. There are, you know, men who are in abusive relationships too. And that can be hard to believe, but it's true. And so for you to be able to learn and say, you know what, I don't deserve this. I deserve so much more. And to just pick yourself up for what it's worth and say, I'm done with this. That deserves an applause. And I hope that anyone listening can can really get some encouragement from that because it can be difficult. I have not yes. been in a situation like that. So I won't say like, oh, I know how you feel, but I have had people that I know in situations like that. And unfortunately, uh, one of them is still in that space. And you can tell just by looking at her eyes that she's crying for help and she'll always deny it. But there have been signs. So hats off to you, Ashley, for loving and accepting yourself and saying, you know what? I deserve better. I I just don't want to go through this anymore. Was that a challenge for you? I mean, um, what did it take you a long time? And what kind of went through your head prior to realizing that you could escape that situation? Yeah. And I have to say thank you also for giving people the platform to share their stories like this. I really appreciate you just having this podcast and letting folks like myself have a moment to share their experience because that, you know, there's strength in numbers and we can feel very isolated if we're in those situations, but we are not alone. We're not the first people that this has ever happened to. And so I thank you again for just letting me speak on it. But, you know, it was... It was difficult, I I have to say, because I tried so very hard to believe that this man was the person that I thought he was and the person that he was whenever I first became acquainted with him and got to know him. But I eventually realized that that person was not the real him. And the real him was the person that I was seeing every single day and who was not treating me in the way that I deserved to be treated. So gradually, over time, I'd started thinking, maybe this isn't right. Maybe this is not the appropriate relationship for me. But I will say, and having you know gone through therapy and read a lot of self-help and consumed media in that way, my invisible shelf, where I'd been putting all those red flags and things that I missed, it did crash with one single incident. And I'll tell you what it is, and it sounds so silly, but this was the <laughs> straw that broke the camel's back. I had left for a trip. For work. Uh-huh. I was coming back from that trip. He was upset that I had traveled. And so that was a whole situation. But I came home, an argument ensued, and he stormed out. And I thought, thank you. I can get some peace. I'm going to go to bed. I laid down and went to sleep. And uh-huh. this man woke me up out of my sleep to argue with me. And that was it. Mm-hmm. I'm a girl. I need my eight to 10 hours of sleep. Every Maybe. night. I, yes, I go to bed early because I need eight to 10. Otherwise, I'm just, I'm not going to be me. I need to be well rested. And the fact that he woke me up in the middle of the night to argue over something pointless, that was it. I called my mama because, you know, 
My, that's my mom is a black mom. That's right. She got in the car. She drove from Kentucky in the middle of the night up to Wisconsin, and his things were packed and out on the street the next day. But it's just so funny to think now that out of all of the things that happened, that was the thing that really just moved me forward and let me know I do not have to tolerate this. So it depends on the person. Sleep. That's that's it. You mess with my sleep, I'm out. <laughs> I, I couldn't handle it. That's when I knew. I was like, oh, he doesn't care about me at all. And I don't have to tolerate this. So I don't care that it's 2 a.m. I'm going to go. I'm going to find a hotel room for the night. I'm going to get some sleep. And then tomorrow, we're going to really make some moves. <laughs> and also shout out to mom for getting in the car and driving nine hours to help me out. I love her dearly. That is the best mom. Shout out to you, Ashley's mom, for sure. Because we don't know where you would have been had you not left. You know, would you even be here is the question. And that's the scary part. And so by you escaping that situation and now on this quest to just love yourself, tell us a little bit about what that looks like um, on a daily basis. What are some of the rituals or things that you, some of your non-negotiables, right? That you say, hey, I have put this in place. Number one, we do know it's sleep, which I love. Mm -hmm. But what are some other things um, that you have put in place for yourself to stay on this path, to keep straight on the path to self-acceptance and living a courageous life? Well, yes, as you mentioned, I do need my solid block of sleep, <laughs> well-rested sleep. <laughs> but once I wake up, I always start my day in the exact same way. I find that that routine is really helpful for me to just focus and stay centered. So I have one cup of coffee with almond milk and two stevias every single day, except for Friday when it's Friday chai day. So I treat myself to a chai latte. Yeah, and then because <laughs> we, we have to have things to look forward to, right? And I was a chai latte addict. I would have them every day, all day if I could. So now it's my Friday treat where I get to have something special. Doesn't it taste that much better because you now look forward to it once a week instead of every day? Yes, 100%. So everything in moderation, that's another encouragement for folks is you can have what you like, just have a little bit of it, not too much. And so- I have my coffee or my chai, depending on what day of the week it is. And then my husband and I will sit and read, or oftentimes I'll do my journaling and my daily planning. I've gotten into digital planning on my iPad, so I'll set up my daily spread for the day and make sure that I have my to-do list together. And then we always start our day with at least 15 minutes of yoga every single day. And that really helps me to set my intention. What is the thing that I want to manifest for myself? In addition to the physical benefits, you know, it helps to wake you up, give you a boost of energy and just help you feeling good for your day. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love it. So I'll share next because I'm a big believer in having a morning routine and trying to stick to that as much as possible. Um, and I do the same thing every day too. Uh, but since we are re remote first, sometimes I will work from like my favorite coffee shop and it just depends on the mood. It's not even the day. If it's like Tuesday and I don't want to be at home, then I'll go somewhere. But I do start with journaling and I've gotten this journal that prompts you to journal morning and night. And in the morning, it asks you, I'm going to pull it out here just so I can remember, but in the, it, I, I do it twice a day. So the morning it asks, where do I want to focus my energy today? W while doing so, I want to feel blank. 
And then you write down three things that you're truly grateful for right in that moment. That's the morning. And then in the evening reflection, you're going to have a highlights and wins section. Like what great things happened today? What small or big things did I accomplish? What did the wins, challenges, or events around me teach me today? And how was I feeling? What other things about today do I want to remember? And I, I, you know, I have two journals. Actually, I have three. I know that sounds crazy, but they all serve a different purpose. And it just depends where in life and how I'm feeling and what season I am. And so one of them is just college rule paper, because that's where you do your emotional dump, as I call them. Having a bad day, write it down. Having a great day, write it down. Anything that's on your heart and brain, just put it down. The, the one here that prompts me to do morning and night gets me in the routine of starting my day at the same time and ending my day at the same time. So I do that for time management. And then the third journal, I pull that out when I'm having a time where I am not feeling so good about me. And that journal is, um, it, it's all about what you love about yourself. It's a self-acceptance journal. So there are three, they're not all done every day. So journaling is powerful. And um, so when did you start journaling? Do you remember? Oh my goodness. Well, I've journaled off and on my entire life. I actually have, the last time I went back home to Kentucky, my mom sent me home with a big box of things. And in one of those boxes, or I guess within that box, one of the items in there was one of my childhood diaries. And I want to say dating back to, goodness, 1993, 1994. I'm aging myself here. <laughs> But yeah, it was talking about, oh, how much I, I loved Michael Jackson and, and the cute boy in my class. So I've been journaling for, for quite some time, but it's been more consistent here recently over the past six months once I got into digital planning. I'm also the type of person where I will buy all these beautiful notebooks and journals, and then I'll be so scared to mess them up that I won't write in them. So okay, doing so my journaling on the iPad is helpful because you can never mess up. <laughs> thing. I really do. I I don't know what that is or why we do that, but it's like, I love this. And then you get it home and you take it out of the paper and then you have the pen in your hand and you're like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know I'm not alone in that as well. I have so many just beautiful notebooks sitting empty and all the pens to go with them, but I've just never put the pen to the paper. So I enjoy, I actually created a custom digital planner myself using a free template that I found online. So that way it's exactly what I want. And then I can rearrange things. I can incorporate pictures. You know, if we go on a hike or something and I take a picture of the landscape that I want to remember, I can put it in there. So it's really the best of both worlds because I feel like writing down those intentions like you do at the start and end of your day is so powerful. It's one thing to think it, but to actually put it in words is truly what gives it the power that it needs to manifest throughout your day, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. And I even had someone ask me, um, you know, this person may have been going through some things and she said, hey, you know, I want to start a journal, but what if you don't want your your partner to find it or you don't want them to read it? And I said, well, um, I can't really tell you how to, you know, move forward with that. That's going to be kind of something you have to navigate. And she said, well, I'm not really ready to talk to a therapist, but there's just some things I need to get off my chest. So I suggested this little ritual and it's helped me when I wasn't ready for therapy. Write it down. Everything you're feeling, I don't care if tears fall on the paper and smear the ink, write it all out because it did 
release from you, right? You may not have been actively talking to anyone, but once you've written it down, tear it up and throw it away or burn it because that represents that release that you have gotten it out and letting it go. And there's true power in that. There is true power. And I used to, whenever, you know, when you're in a really vulnerable state and you're not accepting of what is going on in your life and you're angry because you may have lost somebody or you've gone through something really traumatic and you hear people tell you things like that initially, you're like, I'm not trying to hear that. I don't want to hear it. That's not going to help me. Nothing's going to help me. But it really does because you're sitting there with yourself and it's almost like having a conversation with yourself. Um, Not in a crazy way, but looking back on your journals, you are looking back on the person that you no longer are because we change as we get older. We change from day to day. Our feelings, our emotions change, our intentions, our bodies, the way we look, um, our style sometimes. I remember back in the early 2000s, honey, I was your zebra and leopard queen. I had everything. Yes. I love it. I had shoes, purses, skirts, dresses, bracelets, you name it. If it was printed, I had it. Today, you would not catch me in anything like that. (laughs) So, you know, we change. And being able, like you said, you have journals dating back to the 90s. Being able to go back and, and read about that girl who that girl was, it's almost the equivalent of, you know, diving into a really good book. I found some poetry of mine from high school and I was like, oh my God, I don't even remember writing this. Like, where was my head when I came up with this? And it was, it was good. Like, and I do remember I used to read at coffee shops back in the day. I think it was about 16 or 17. I would go to this local coffee shop and they had a poetry night, I think once or twice a month. And the crazy thing was, is this woman came up to me and asked me what I like to be published. I was 15, maybe 16. I didn't know what really that meant. I thought she was trying to sell me something. And I said, no, to this day, I regret that. Like, I truly regret it. I do. Because it was... It's never too late, though. You can you can still publish that right now today. And I bet your 15 or 16-year-old self will be so proud. You know what? You're absolutely right. But I'm wondering, do I even write that well anymore? I haven't written poetry in years. Like it was some deep stuff. And I was like, man, at 15, what was I going through that I was writing these things? And so by you having like your journals and then I love how you said you use um, digital planning. I am trying to get good with that because I love a pen and paper. And like when it comes to reading books, if it's a self-help book, I will do digital but if it's something that I really love, I'm going to buy the printed version. And so, yes. um, oh, tell me, you said you used something to design your own planner. What was that? Yes. So, and I agree with you too. I love the feel of a real book and putting pen to paper. There's just something about it. So I have invested in a few tools to help try to recreate that as best as I can in a digital format using a a paper-like cover for my iPad and the Apple Pencil so it really feels like I'm writing across the page. But for designing my planner, I actually went to Canva and found a free template that someone had already designed. 
I made my tweaks to it and then I downloaded it right into my iPad. So anybody who is interested in getting started with digital planning, please don't be deterred by the cost and thinking that you have to buy anything. You can start with something free. And like you said, Gayla, just get it out on the page, whether it's for time yeah. management and productivity, whether it is for, like you said, just releasing those feelings that you need to get out in a healthy and you know just non-damaging way at least get started, put something out there and you can always make adjustments. And that's the beauty with going digital is sometimes I'll, you know what, I don't want to write my uh, top three things for work today because it's the weekend. So I'm not working. So I will cover it up with a picture of a rainbow or something that makes me feel you know, excited and happy for that day. So there's lots of flexibility and that's why I really enjoy it. What I love about what you just said is um, you do it to bring joy to yourself. And as women, and parents and significant others, a lot of times we're not putting ourselves first. We put everyone else before us. And I want to, you know, give you a, a, a really big applause for saying, hey, I do this for joy. Because I think that no matter what it is, I don't care if it's a certain water bottle that you use, if it brings you joy, something that small and simple, you should take that and run with it. Because we live in a digital world where social media has taken over. It can be very distracting if you allow it. You can just be scrolling for hours and not being, you know, productive or just wasting a lot of time. And so my question to you is in a world like that, how or have you ever experienced not feeling like you were enough or trying to compare to what you see on social media? And if you haven't, how do you keep everything at bay when it comes to the use of social media? Social media is you know, the, the most beautiful, terrifying thing <laughs> to have come about, at least in my lifetime, because I've already dated myself. So I might as well just tell everybody I'm about to be 36 years old. I remember when the Internet didn't exist. I was, you know, when you had to have a college email address to get a Facebook account. When it yep. was thefacebook.com, I was there. So <laughs> I <laughs> kind of grew up with social media in a way. And it's a great opportunity to connect us, but there is so much negativity and divisiveness on social media. And I will not lie to anybody. I feel insecure often, I, sometimes daily, depending on what I'm going through. And so you just have to remember that the version of people that they put on social media that's not often the times when they're sad, when they're depressed, when they're hopeless, when they feel like they're not enough. They're putting all the happy, shiny moments out there for everybody to see. And so part of what I try to do is encourage people through social media. I do affirmations on a daily basis to give people something that hopefully can motivate them or at least make them feel good about themselves and how they are on that day. So just trying to use social media for good as opposed to bad purposes is the main way that I try to handle that. Oh, that's, that is so encouraging because, you know, the people that, um, I really like Mel Robbins. I don't know if you've heard of her, if you've seen her on social media, she just kind of comes on there and is herself every single day. There are crazy moments, embarrassing moments, shiny moments, sad moments. It doesn't matter. She is being her most courageous and unapologetic self on her uh, her social media, which is why she has millions of followers, I think. And she just shows you the good, the bad, and the ugly and talks to you in a way that lets you know you're human. 
And half of what you're seeing on social media is, like you said, it's just the the happy, shiny, peachy king things that people want you to see. And exactly. um, by you going onto your platform and talking to people about love and, ex- and accepting themselves for who they are and what is happening currently, that is powerful. And that's what I'm here to do as well. So that is why I wanted to talk to you because I just, you just had this energy that I was like, you know what? She embodies what it means to be courageously her. And I I just felt it. I don't know. We didn't like formally meet, but the, I don't know. I could just feel the energy through our computers. <laughs> and so, yes. I, you know, you just, ha- you have to be yourself and encourage other people that they are fine the way they are. Now, if there's some things you want to change about yourself and it's, you can change it by all means, set goals, make them big, bodacious and smash them. It's the accepting what you cannot change is the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do. And especially for women, you know, especially if you're like a a mom and your body's changed a lot, you're going to have to sometimes accept that it's not going to look exactly the way it did pre, (laughs) uh, pre children. Like it's, it's most of us, it's just not, you'll get close, but that is your proof that you grew life within you. And I had to look at it that way because before Mm -hmm. I had kids, I had gotten to the lowest weight I'd ever been in life. And I actually went back to the, you know, that lowest, lowest point after having both of my kids. But the mindset now is not, I want to be skinny. Now I just want to be strong. I want to be able to lift heavy things. Like I'm now uh, lifting weights in the gym. I enjoy it. And I want to be healthy enough to see my son grow up from age 12 to 30, 40, 50 years old. Like I want to be around for him and I don't want to be tired and, and have, you know, lack energy. So I've accepted who Gala 2023 is and we'll see who Gala 2024 and beyond is. And I think she'll be beautiful. She's going to be beautiful regardless. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because people see our bodies only for the exterior, but think about all the wonderful things that your body does for you every day. It moves you through life. It helps you with your work. It holds all of those vital pieces of you that allow you to live life. So how can you disrespect it and talk badly about it? It doesn't matter what it looks like. It is truly amazing. And so we have to appreciate that. We absolutely do have to appreciate it. And I just want to thank you for being such a breath of fresh air and and so uplifting and bright on uh, today's episode. And um, this has been wonderful. It really has. I truly enjoyed it. Oh, and so where can people follow you on social media? Where can they find you? Well, I'm no longer on the facebook.com. I had to let that one go. It was giving me more negativity than positivity. So you will not find me on Facebook. (laughs) But you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, threads, and TikTok at Deep Curves Ahead. So it's deep, D-E-E-P, curves, C-U-R-V-E-S, ahead, because I hope that through my social media, I can help us all to navigate those curves whenever we run into them. And so, yeah, lots of affirmations. Today's affirmation was, I am ambitious and action oriented. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to live that today. I said, as soon as you introduce yourself at work, I went back and I listened to every single episode of this podcast. And I said, this is a person 
I need to connect with truly. I have to thank you for being so open and so vulnerable and so honest. And you mentioned that this person you admire is that way. I admire you because of that. And there are so many of us who benefit from this podcast and the work that you've put into it. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit of what motivates me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. That meant the world to me because that's literally, that's what I'm here to do. Just it took me seven years, but I'm here. I'm giving it to you guys, to good, the bad, the ugly, but it is in an effort to uplift people and let them know that life is messy. But even if you have that cloud over your head, there are days where it parts and the sun shines through. And I, I need everyone to remember that. So thank you guys. And until next week, make sure you stay courageous, stay beautiful. And anytime you have a story that you would like for me to mention, or if you would like to be on the podcast, you can send me an email at yourcouragematters at gmail.com. You can find Miss Ashley on Instagram, threads, Twitter, TikTok, um, at Deep Curves Ahead. And that's all one word, Deep Curves Ahead. I love that name. Until next week, stay courageous. Love you all. Okay, it's stopping. That was amazing. Thank you so much. I, I'm serious. I went back, whenever you said you had a podcast, I listened to that most recent episode and I was like, oh, this is, this is it. Let me just go all the way back to the beginning. 